Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, I hope that you, yes you, are having a terrific Thursday. And obviously, it's a lot of fun the day after we get to see the Memphis Grizzlies play, especially when it comes to several of the young, intriguing talents on this Memphis Grizzlies roster. The Grizzlies' second summer league game was yesterday against the Miami Heat. And though the result did not come out as we had hoped, it was still a lot of fun to see many of these young talents put their talent on display and give glimpses as to why so many of them, and as a collective group, make the Grizzlies one of the more exciting teams in the NBA. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the second summer league game in the first segment, breaking down how several individuals, despite the result, had successful games against the Heat. And in the second and third segment, I'm going to talk about some other young cores around the NBA through the draft and through other moves that have been made, several several teams that have young cores that really stand out, not only in terms of the Western Conference when it comes to direct competition with the Grizzlies, but also regionally, the Southeast region really has some fun teams moving forward. Going to talk about that in the second and third segments of today's show. Of course, you can find myself at Stats SAC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. My name's Sean Coleman. I've been covering the Grizzlies for three years. I write for the Grizzlies over at Grizzly Bear Blues, but I am your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. The one place that gives you the latest Grizzlies news, perspectives, the honest truth and insight when it comes to the Grizzlies. Obviously, we also want to remind you of our title sponsor for today's show, which is rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. So coming into yesterday's game, one big change that occurred was that the Grizzlies went with the lineup of John Conchar, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Santi Aldama, and Zaire Williams. They wanted to give Williams and Aldama a bit more run with the three main vets of this summer league team. They ended the first half of the game against Brooklyn on Monday with this lineup, but they wanted to give it some run to start the game, and they started off strong. The Grizzlies started off quite well, almost identically, against the Heat as they did against the Brooklyn Nets. I believe in both games, the score was 15-5 to pretty quick out of the gate. The Grizzlies were playing great defense. They were finding shots that they wanted to shoot. They were finding high percentage looks consistently. Xavier Tillman was putting his playmaking on display. John Conchar was contributing all over the court in terms of rebounds, good defense, creating turnovers. Desmond Bain was not as effective in his scoring output as he was against Brooklyn, but he still was making smart plays up and down the court. And of course, the Grizzlies' defense really stood out as well, and they consistently hit threes. It, it, Bain hit a, hit a couple of threes. Uh, the bench came in. Sam Merrill hit a few threes. Sean McDermott hit a few threes. But the standout performance of the first half of yesterday's game, the one that really created a lot of excitement was Zaire Williams getting into a groove himself 
early in the game. And that was the big takeaway from yesterday's game, at least in the first half, is that Zaire Williams looked absolutely outstanding at times in yesterday's game, and it was from him putting on display several different aspects of his games that should get Grizzlies fans very excited. For one, it was his ability to shoot the three. He was four for six beyond the arc in the game, including several good looks in the first half. However, beyond his shooting, there was also his resourcefulness as a scorer. There were a few opportunities in which Zaire Williams showed his creativity in finishing. He caught the he caught a pass on the baseline, went to the rim, and when the defender was trying to deter him from getting a clear look at the basket, Zaire was able to contort his body to get the ball up for a layup. There was another opportunity in which he was driving to the basket. Zaire Williams made a tough floating shot, obviously going right with the theme of the Grizzlies from the past two seasons. He also made a few great reads on uh, off the ball on offense. There was one instance in which Zaire step, created a step-back opportunity to look for a shot. It was not there due to a great play by the defender, but to react, Zaire passed the ball, I believe it was to Xavier Tillman, and as soon as he passed it, he allowed, uh, he, he saw an opportunity to cut due to the defender committing to his step back. Zaire passed the ball, cut past the defender, and was able to draw a foul to get to the rim. So several different instances and in several different ways, we were able to see Zaire Williams impact the game. And that's something that really is encouraging early on. For a prospect that many have labeled as potentially being raw, obviously being a project, obviously someone that is going to take time to develop, to see Zaire Williams show off not only his athleticism, but his intelligence in terms of being able to find many different ways to impact the game offensively based what the defense was giving him, that was highly, highly encouraging from this game. There also was a few instances in which he played really good defense, staying with his man, being able to create turnovers, finding the opportunity to put the Grizzlies in a good position, though they didn't convert all of them. Williams, through doing it himself, but also through creating for others, he was able to give the Grizzlies a few opportunities in which they turned defense into offense. Just overall, a very positive performance from Zaire Williams. He contributed a few more threes in the second half of the game as well. Obviously, though, things to work on. A few things that really stood out were the fact that there were some free throws that were not hit, as well as you tr you do see where he certainly needs to continue to gain strength. A few opportunities in which he, he went to the rim for an opportunity to finish at the rim, but was denied because a stronger player was able to deter him from getting a high percentage look. And there were a couple of other opportunities where Zaire Williams' athleticism allowed for him to get an initial rebound opportunity, but the ball wound up being taken away from him once there were bodies on him. That's just a theme that's going to be there with Zaire Williams. He's going to show so many intriguing and incredibly encouraging flashes but his strength is something that's going to come with time. But overall, a very, very encouraging performance from Zaire Williams. Now, obviously, the other rookie that was in the lineup was Santi Aldama. So Aldama did have a better defensive performance in yesterday's game than he did against Brooklyn. But offensively, though Aldama did show aggressiveness in terms of shooting his shot, as well as 
being able to find open opportunities against a defense. The shot certainly was not there for Aldama. It does seem as if Aldama is certainly going to be a work in progress. And while you may feel that it made sense that if he's a work in progress, it would be best to keep him in Europe potentially for a year, I think the Grizzlies are doing right by bringing him into the fold. They know he is, he is a project, a lot like Williams, but they feel the best way for him to develop and develop quickly is for it to be a first-hand experience, a hands-on experience for him to develop. So it was a rough game for Santi Aldama, especially offensively, but you certainly did see some good, encouraging play from him, being able to read the defense, finding opportunities for him to get his shot up, his shot will certainly come with time. A few other players that stood out was Sean McDermott. Four or five from three, being able to consistently find his own shot. One thing that certainly seems to have improved about him was the confidence in his shot. He certainly seems confident in his ability to make shots, especially in key moments. And he was a big reason, especially in the second half of the game, why the Grizzlies were able to stay in it even though they certainly declined offensively in the second half of the game versus the first half. And beyond Conchar, beyond Tillman, and beyond Bain, another good game from Killian Tilly, who continued to show how good he potentially could be moving forward. Not only did he score nine points, Though he struggled a bit from three, he also added in five rebounds and three assists, showing some good ability to add value outside of his shooting. So the normal producers, the, 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 the usual suspects, if you will, when it comes to this summer league team, those that you feel confident in contributing, each of those players did exactly that. You've Eve Pons showed some good defensive flashes. Sam Merrill got some good looks as well. So some, for several individuals, it was a highly encouraging afternoon for the Grizzlies. And one other thing that continued to stand out for this team that was highly encouraging was very effective ball movement, especially in the first half of the game. The announcers, Pete Pranica and others, they consistently mentioned that one thing that stood out about this Grizzlies team was that they were consistently finding high percentage looks. That is a highly, highly encouraging development for this group of players that will likely comprise a big part of the Grizzlies bench going into this season. Without having a, a true playmaker to support Tyus Jones, for instance, though Bain could be that in the second unit, if this bench unit, if these players that are playing in the summer league right now can develop the chemistry to have a great way of being able to move the ball around, and excuse me, we certainly also have another potential secondary playmaker in Xavier Tillman, but if the playmaking of Bain, the playmaking of Tillman, and collectively the ability for these young players to pass the ball around, if that is something that can go from the summer league over into the regular season, that is going to make the Grizzlies offense more efficient, deeper, and it's going to allow for them to consistently be able to find high percentage looks from distance, which is one area where this Grizzlies team wants to improve. At the end of the day, the best player on the court was the Miami Heat's Max Struess. He was able to end the game in what was a really fun setup in a second overtime sudden death scenario. Sometimes you simply have to tip your cap to the opponent when they play exceptionally well, and that's what Max Struess did for the Miami Heat. But even though the game resulted in a loss, several of the Grizzlies' most intriguing young talents that you feel confident will be with the Grizzlies going into next season, they all performed well, and that's what you want from Summer League. You want to consistently see 
these talents continue to perform better individually as well as together. So another game where the Grizzlies have to feel highly encouraged about the performance from several parts of their young core. But when it comes to the Grizzlies, they certainly have been viewed as one of the best young cores in the NBA over the past two years due to finding talents around the league as well as a great draft track record. But after the draft in the 2021, as well as free agency, who are some other teams that, in my opinion, stand out as being on or near the level of the Grizzlies when it comes to rising young cores in the NBA? I'll identify a few of those teams from the Western Conference in just a moment. Summer is in full swing, and for many of us, that is a great, great development. It allows for us to be outdoors, enjoying the sunny skies, the pool, cookouts, experience with friends and families. It's a great opportunity to celebrate enjoyable times. But for some, it could also lead to less than ideal situations. Say you're at a work gathering where you have to give a presentation. You're at a social gathering like a formal or wedding. You're on a date and you have to wear a good amount of clothing. For some, that could put them at risk for excessive sweating and potentially body odor and overall just an embarrassing situation. If that is you or someone that you know, I have a solution that I think could really limit the chances of you finding yourself in an embarrassing situation, and that is by using sweat block wipes. Doctor created and doctor recommended works for up to seven days per use. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters, Sweatblock also has been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. Wear what you want to wear, but wear it due to your new little secret of confidence. That's Sweatblock. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. And the great thing is, is that there's several ways for you to be able to get Sweatblock easily and quickly. You can go to Amazon.com or find it at CBS. You can even go to sweatblock.com right now and get 20% off your next order by using the promo code Locked On. Go with a way that will give you your confidence back in the summer regardless of the situation. Use Sweatblock today. The summer is here, and of course that means that you likely are going to be on the go more often than you have been at other times of the year. Well, if that's the case, you want to make sure that your car is running as good as it can, and sometimes that requires for you to make upgrades when it comes to car parts. If that's the case, rockauto.com is the place for you. For one, it's very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you're likely going to find what you need because regardless of the make and model or the parts that you need, rockauto.com is likely to have them. Whether you're someone like me who has to get others to do car, your car repairs for you, you do your own car repairs, or you do car repairs for others for a living, rockauto.com is a great resource. This is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know car parts typically fall out side of folks' budget, so they want to make things as economically friendly as possible. When you visit rockauto.com today, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Tomorrow's episode of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, I'm going to highlight the current hierarchy of the Grizzlies roster after the first initial waves of the offseason through the trades the draft picks, as well as free agency. Going to look up and down the roster and see where players currently stand. Who are the clear starters? Who are going to be the clear talents featured off the bench? Who are going to comprise the second and potentially third unit of this Grizzlies team? 
going to look at several players on the roster and see where they currently stand in terms of their expectations next season on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. But now I want to have a bit of fun. Obviously, we talk about the Grizzlies consistently on this show because this is a Grizzlies-centric show. But it's been a fun offseason so far, in my opinion, because of the fact that several teams, while you haven't seen a lot of big names, you know, compared to most offseasons, moved in trades or free agency or things such as that, this was a very exciting offseason due to the draft. And I do feel that a few teams in the Western Conference, as well as a few teams in the Southeast region, which we'll talk a bit more about in the third segment, I do feel several teams across the NBA, while they may not necessarily have gotten better for next season, they certainly have taken significant steps. Their long-term future looks significantly better than it did even four to six weeks ago. And starting in the Western Conference, one team that certainly stands out, and obviously does this has some significance when it comes to the Grizzlies, is their fellow division rival, the Houston Rockets. Now, obviously last year, when the James Harden trade occurred, the James Harden trade was a tumultuous or situation. The, the James Harden trade, in and of itself, occurred due to tumultuous situation after tumultuous situation. The re- return that the Rockets got was certainly a polarizing return. Some viewed it positively, some viewed it negatively. But at the end of the day, the Rockets were in a situation, though they started off really well last year, considering what they were going through. They obviously went on in a historic losing streak, and as a result, were one of the worst teams in the NBA, also with one of the worst long-term outlooks before the draft lottery recurred. Well, on draft lottery night, the Houston Rockets were fortunate to get the second pick overall pick, which on July 29th turned into what they hoped to be their franchise player in Jalen Green. But to me, despite making what likely is a very good decision in drafting Jalen Green, the best thing that the Rockets did on draft night was they absolutely put a ton of value, they gained a ton of value from this very deep and potentially historic draft class. Now, for some, they may have put too much risk into this draft class. But in my opinion, with the picks that they made, they did a very good job of balancing overall skill with long-term upside. Obviously, they gain a talent in Jalen Green, who you hope, who they hope, becomes their franchise player. But they also wound up getting the trio of Alperin Shingen, Usman Garuba, as well as Josh Christopher. They traded future two future picks to get to 16 to get Shingen, and then picked Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba with the 23rd and 24th picks. With that trio, the, the Rockets basically got who many view in Shingen to be the second best offensively gifted big man in this draft after Evan Mobley. In Usman Garuba, they got who many considered to be potentially the best defender in this draft. And with Josh Christopher, they got a very intriguing upside play, but one that could be a very valuable two-way guard down the road. Not only did they get their franchise player, but they also, with the trio of picks in Shingen, Garuba, and Christopher, they did a great job of getting a supporting cast all in one draft. The Grizzlies have done it over the past few seasons. 
getting John Morant in 2019, and then making picks like Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, and Xavier Tillman to create a supporting cast to go along with the previous pick of Jaron Jackson Jr. and finding a DeAnthony Melton. The Rockets did that exact same thing. It's just they did it in one draft, and they came away with a significantly talented group of young players to complement Christian Wood and the highly intriguing Kevin Porter Jr. I feel if there's one team that single-handedly has significantly improved their long-term outlook in terms of having one of the most intriguing young cores in the league this season, it's the Houston Rockets. But they're not the only team that really benefited from this draft. Another team that did quite well in terms of the value that they got in their picks were the Golden State Warriors. Now, obviously, the Golden State Warriors, their key with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green is to be as competitive as possible. They want to form another championship core. Andrew Wiggins as well. They want to form another championship core to support Steph Curry to have a few more opportunities at a title in the very near future. But... Obviously, that would result in them needing to make a trade for another star. That opportunity has not developed. But you have to give the Warriors credit. Even though that opportunity has not developed, they did go the smart route of taking two or of taking three very, very valuable draft picks over the past two years and investing them in very, t- very talented individuals who they either can use to form a future core that can support Steph, Clay, and Draymond right now on the Warriors, or they've gained three assets in James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody. They've gained three assets that they could eventually use in a trade. In my opinion, the Warriors have done a great job of gaining the value that they have from those picks. You may have whatever opinion you have about Wiseman last year. I certainly think that he has time and the talent to make himself a very, very reasonable selection at number two. But when you look at uh, the trio of Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga moving forward, you've got a very, very intriguing future front court that the Warriors can either mold and use to support their current core and then have that trio become their future core, or with Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody, the Warriors can then use those three players in a trade to go get their star. So while they don't have the draft picks to offer anymore, they've got great value through those draft picks over the past few drafts, and I really do think they've made good decisions to where they can go multiple routes to use those young talents to their benefit to support Curry, Thompson, and Draymond to either become a championship contender in the near future or find a supporting cast that can support that historic trio now while also having their future in place with Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody. And the third team out west that I feel has really benefited and kind of have done it under the radar this offseason has been the Los Angeles Clippers. And the fact that they are able going to be able to re-sign Kawhi, though they likely will be without him next year, yes, they may not be the contender next year that they have been over the past two seasons, but I do think that they have done a very good job of collecting a nice supporting cast for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard when both are healthy. If that's not next year, it's going to be the year after that and going forward. In the draft, they were able to either acquire or draft Keon Johnson out of Tennessee, Jason Preston out of Ohio, and in my opinion, one of the, what could be one of the better steals from the second round, B.J. Boston out of Kentucky. Now, all of those picks 
are going to be projects. None of them are likely going to be immediate contributors. But like the Warriors did with their picks over the past few years, in one draft, I feel the Clippers have certainly brought in three highly intriguing talents that are going to be under cheap control that once Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are ready to go, likely in the 22-23 season, that trio will be a very good supporting cast to take the load off George and Kawhi, and then you'll have a deeper and more complete Clippers team to support George and Kawhi in future championship runs. You, you pair what the Clippers did in the draft with the fact that they were able to bring back Batum and Reggie Jackson, plus also take a pretty good, you know, high-risk, high-reward opportunity by signing Justice Winslow, and now you have a Clippers team that, yes, they've got their superstars to lead them in the future in George and Kawhi, but they now also have a very intriguing supporting cast that can help in the present, but also, along with Terrence Mann, these draft picks, and others, you also now have a very good supporting cast that can be there to support George and Kawhi moving forward. So for different reasons, whether it be teams that have not necessarily bolstered their chances in the present, but have really done well to deepen their future core, or like, like Golden State and the Clippers, or a team like Houston, who's done a really nice job of creating their core on the fly over the past month, those are three teams, the Rockets, the Warriors, and the Clippers, that I feel have done a really nice job of making their long-term future significantly better through the decisions they made this offseason. But it's not just teams out west. Those teams, yes, are going to be a bit more important in terms of the Grizzlies because they're in the Western Conference. But you never know what's going to happen in the NBA. And within the Grizzlies region here in the Southeast, there have been a few other teams that have had really great off-seasons as well in terms of the young talent that they have acquired. Coming up, I'm going to look at the Southeast region, and I'm going to highlight a few teams that have done a really good job of continuing to build their roster with intriguing talents. While the month of August may not be as action-packed when it comes to the sports calendar as July was, there are still several sources to enjoy when it comes to wagering and betting on sports. Obviously, you have the stretch run of the baseball season, UFC, the UFC and MMA. You've got bets for the future in the NHL as well as the NBA, but on the horizon, you now have pro football and college football, which every sports fan that loves to wager and bet always, bet always enjoys. Well, if wagering and betting is part of what makes your fandom special, I've got the one place that has you covered, and that's BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can check, track all the action at BetOnline. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And when you do that by heading to the website or using your mobile device, Use the pr promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Once again, on tomorrow's episode of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, going to highlight the hierarchy of the roster, looking at the backcourt, the wings, as well as the front court. Who stands out as clear starters? Who stands out as featured players off the bench and who stands out as being 
critical parts of the second and third unit for this Grizzlies roster. Going to look at several talents that we feel strongly are going to be with the Grizzlies next year and where they stand in terms of their hierarchy on the Grizzlies rotations. All of that tomorrow on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So having some fun in this episode, we obviously talked about the Grizzlies Summer League performance from yesterday in the first segment, and in the second segment with the theme of the Summer League, as well as the draft, talking about some teams that have surprisingly done really well in the past, and also especially this specific offseason, of adding significant value, of making their long-term future significantly better through decisions that they made. We talked about the Grizzlies, obviously, who many around the league consider to be one of the most intriguing young cores moving forward. But in the Western Conference, I talked about the Clippers, the Warriors, as well as the Houston Rockets, who, while they're at different parts of their competitive timelines, all three of those teams have done a great job of making their future brighter when it comes to the young talents they've acquired. But for the Grizzlies, you know, we have fun a lot of times debating on what if the NBA expanded, could the Grizzlies be one of the teams that move out east? And while there's not necessarily concrete plans for that to happen anytime soon, if it were to happen, you could see it happening within the next several seasons. It could happen within this decade. Well, if that were to occur, it would make sense that the Grizzlies would probably, if they moved to the Eastern Conference, would then be paired with several teams within their region, such as Charlotte, such as Atlanta, Orlando, New Orleans, and others. And that's why I think it's also fun to highlight the fact that in the Southeast, there have been a few teams that have done a really good job of improving their futures this offseason, building off what they did last season. Let's obviously start in Atlanta, a team that, you know, perhaps the most surprising team from last year. They made the Eastern Conference Finals. They were very competitive with the Milwaukee Bucks. Had Trey Young not got hurt, Perhaps it's a different story altogether. But you've got Trey Young, obviously, as your franchise star, who agreed to a long-term contract. But the Hawks also were able to keep young front cord stud John Collins long-term as well. Including, include in there the fact that they've also got DeAndre Hunter over the past few years through the draft, Onyeka Onkongwu, Kevin Herter. They made some very good free agent signings. But then in this draft class, they now have added Jalen Johnson as well as Sharif Cooper, who could wind up being two of the better values in this draft. You have one of the most talented and deepest rosters in the NBA moving forward in Atlanta. Not only do you have a young core that should keep this team competitive for quite a while, you also have several intriguing pieces that you could use in a trade situation for the Hawks to get a true star to come back to Atlanta to pair with Collins and Trey Young. So the whole idea to have long-term success in the NBA is to draft well, but also have multiple avenues to be able to acquire difference-making talent to your roster. Atlanta can do that simply by sticking with the core that it's formed, or it potentially could do that in a future trade, but that's all happened because of how well they've done at drafting and developing talent. And if things were to occur to where the Grizzlies and Hawks were to eventually wind up in the same division, that could be one of the best rival future rivalries in the NBA, especially with both franchises led by young superstar point guards in John Morant and Trey Young. 
But if you want to talk about another superstar, potential superstar point guard, let's go a bit further east. Let's go to the Charlotte Hornets, who made a great selection with the third overall pick in last year's draft in LaMelo Ball. A player who, like John Morant, once he stepped on the court for the Hornets, you immediately felt something different there for the Hornets' future. They found their point guard of the future. They found their source of elevating their overall talent anytime he steps on the court in LaMelo Ball. Well, how do the Charlotte Hornets back up that great selection in last year's draft? They wind up making three great selections in this year's draft. They drafted James Boatknight with a great value pick and number 11 overall in this draft. They traded up to get highly intriguing front court talent Kai Jones with the 19th pick and then backed up that pick by taking one of the more intriguing front court projects in this draft in JT Thor. When you look at the Charlotte Hornets roster now, you've already got Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, and others to support Ball. Well, now bringing in Book Knight, Kai Jones, and JT Thor, you've got intriguing depth both in the backcourt, at the wing position, and in the front court for a team that is trying to put together one of the deepest core, deepest young cores in the NBA. And they certainly are working their way towards accomplishing that because of how well they've drafted over the past few years. So the Charlotte Hornets, in my opinion, besides the Rockets, the Rockets, in my opinion, had the best draft in 2021. I would put Charlotte as number two due to the overall collection of talent that they gain. Charlotte certainly is a up-and-coming team with a lot of intriguing talent, and you have to love what they've done, especially through the draft over the past few seasons. And then another team, though they may be like the Rockets, in terms of the fact that they're probably still at least a few years away from being in playoff contention, another team like the Rockets, though, that because of how the draft board fell in their favor and the fact that they were competent enough to take advantage of it, another team who really gained a significantly better outlook for their future through the draft is the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic were a team who, like the Rockets, you could say the Rockets and the Magic were probably the two teams among all those in the league who clearly were tanking last year, which is fine. It's part, that's part of what it takes to get back going on the right track. But through decisions that were made before them at pick 5 and pick 8, the Orlando Magic were able to draft Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. Two highly intriguing, high upside, significant talents. One in Jalen Suggs, who you feel becomes the franchise player for the Magic, but also one in Franz Wagner, who could be a very productive, very significant addition to this front court for the Magic to pair with Jonathan Isaac as well as others. The, with the Magic not getting into the top four, them being able to draft Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner, that had to be an absolute dream scenario when it came to draft night, and they were competent enough to make the most of those selections. Again, you're not expecting for them to be in playoff contention. You're not going to get the immediate you know, impact now, in terms of those rookies all of a sudden turning the Magic into, in my opinion, a playoff contender like Jaw did his rookie season with the Grizzlies. I just don't think there's that amount of depth in Orlando. But you certainly have to feel, the Magic have to feel much more confident about their ability to have a successful rebuild with 
Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner in the fold than where they felt they may have been with selections even a few weeks before the draft. So Charlotte, Atlanta, and Orlando, I certainly feel, are three very big winners of this offseason with the young depth and the young talent that they've been able to add to their organizations. And if one thing were to lead to another, and the Grizzlies were to eventually become a part of the Eastern Conference or however you want to change up the regional divisions in the NBA, if at some point the Southeast Division becomes its its own division and you have the Grizzlies and the Hawks and the Hornets and the Magic all in the same divisions, perhaps with the Pelicans as well, you could have some of the most intriguing and fun rival rivalries over the next decade with all the talents that are there. Just imagine one division with teams that are led by Jalen Suggs at point guard, LaMelo Ball at point guard, Trey Young at point guard, and John Moran at point guard. It's a lot of fun for the future of the NBA, and it's really cool to see some markets that have not had star players to the level that they do now for a while. It's fun to see those teams continue to develop very intriguing rosters to be right there with the Grizzlies when it comes to the best young cores in the NBA. The Summer League is a lot of fun because it's not only about the present, but it's about the future. And I really do think a theme from this offseason is going to be just how many teams across the league have done quite well for their future moving forward. It's been fun. It's been a great episode here at Locked on Grizzlies. Thanks so much for joining. Hope you have a wonderful Thursday. Obviously, the Grizzlies will be back in action tomorrow. We'll talk about that as well as the hierarchy of the Grizzlies roster after the first few ways of the offseason. All that on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Don't forget you can find the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Find myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure, as always, to have been with you today. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.